The Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast is a free-flowing conversation that may touch on mature subjects. While the opinions are real, the research probably isn't, and somehow Atticus will find a way to talk about the Knicks. And here we go. He trumped dudes. It wasn't just in a preseason game. He did it pretty consistently. <laughs> he left dudes saying, what happened? You better put some respect on his name when we're talking about <laughs> champion, Davion Clowney. And I'm just going on eye test here, right? Like, I like the look of this coaching staff, you know? All right, enough of this. Let's see what kind of shit we get into today. <laughs> Are you high? Boy, it's all yours. How you doing, my friend? There it is. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Yeah, two weeks out. This it's coming up quick. It's been weird as a Browns fan, just because like it's just been a weird offseason. <laughs> I don't even know how to. And you still don't even know what they're gonna do with Sean Watson, right? And you know, I, I I don't think the NFL could sit back and not do anything. But stranger things have happened. I'm not so worried about that because like I look at it this way: like we have Jacoby Brissett now. He's a, more than a serviceable but backup. Like, yeah, we've seen stuff like this before. Like, and I feel like they constantly have to say this every time I talk about it. I'm not trying to make light of the 22 allegations, right? But I'm a Browns fan, you know, and it's it's I've been a Browns fan longer than Deshaun Watson's been alive. And from a pure football standpoint, I think Jacoby. Like, let's be honest. At least if we go with the NFL's track record, what's probably going to happen is he's going to get something like eight games and then they'll appeal and he'll probably end up, you know, sitting out four to six. If we're being honest, that's just what the NFL has done in the past. Do I think Jacoby Brissett, depending on how the schedule lays out, could hold down the fort for four to six games? Yeah, I do. I mean, he should be able to, uh, I think losing Landry is a bigger deal than not. I mean, I'm, you know, He's a consummate professional in my mind. I'm I'm secretly still hoping the Eagles sign him to add to their wide receiver role. I'm well, surprised actually, no one signed him yet, to be honest. There's a lot of chatter that he's coming back to the Browns. The reason why nothing's happened yet is because he's waiting until Baker will like figure out what happens to Baker. Yeah. Because I don't think he wants to come back to the team. And at, like just I, I think that's what he's waiting for, for Baker to go somewhere else and then he'll sign with the Browns. Yeah. It'll be interesting because, you know, our our wide receiver room is going to be real interesting this year. Uh, if we get Landry back, I don't know, because, like, that was a big need heading into the draft. But if we end up with Landry back, like, I can roll with Landry, uh, Peoples-Jones, and Coop as my top three. Like, that's not a bad wide receiving core. Deshaun Watson, we still have the run game. I mean – I don't know, man. And this this receiver or this uh, this draft in particular is real deep at receiver. So real deep, real deep. Yeah, you know. And Eagles need some some help in the, in the, in wide receiver room, man. They made a, a a putrid offer for DK Metcalf. There was like seven teams out there that made offers. I'm pretty certain the Eagles offer came in as the weakest, like something like a third and a fourth. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they didn't even throw in Macklin to sweet or not Macklin, uh, they Rager to sweeten the pot at all. You know, <laughs> they just said third and fourth, we're good. 
that's what we're doing. Still possible, still out there. Uh, I really don't want the Eagles to take another wide receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard saying that because there's a couple guys that that are there, fifteen and eighteen, that would be. I mean, you, you, Chris Olaf out of Ohio State, you can't can't be mad at that. Can't be, you know. No. And then there's you know another dude out of Bama, you know, just pairing then, up those Bama players. Well, and then there's uh, there's Burks out of um, Ole Miss, is it? I forget where he yeah. is, but there's Burks who's supposed to be another one. Um, I mean, you could, I mean, if he slides a couple spots, you might end up with either uh, Garrett, who's the better Ohio State receiver in most people's, most of the experts' books, right? Um, as well as, uh, or, or Olivier, or even, um, who's the dude out of USC, whose name I can't think of at the top of my, of my head. 15 is not a bad spot. I mean, if they want to go receiver, you're going to have your pick. I, I'd rather them go cornerback linebacker just because. You know, you got a shot at getting McDuffie out of uh, out of Washington, and he's a stud. And then you still have a shot at Devin Lloyd, right? Like those two players could easily fall into the Eagles' laps. You know, depending on what I mean, I've been looking at mock drafts, and the first five to ten picks, just no one can make up their minds. You know, there's a couple consummates, but I've seen people even saying that the Lions aren't aren't going to take Hutchinson. Right, they'll go. They'll go in another direction. Uh, you know, you got a couple really studly offensive linemen that should be top ten without a doubt, uh, and then you got a, a slew of defensive linemen and defensive ends. So Dean could fall to the Eagles. I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, you know, Davis could fall to the Eagles. I wouldn't be mad at that. You know, it's just I. You know, save the second round for your wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I'm not real happy. Like Zach Pascal, statistically, was actually worse than Jalen Reed. Right. So, you know, you have him as your number three receiver, bumping Rager to four. But should he? You know, I mean, Devontae Smith needs help. He needs a veteran presence in that wide receiver room. And they need to, fight, you know, they're not going to find that in the draft. Get somebody. Not Zach Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the reason why we're seeing this this, this year's draft is so, feels so unpredictable is because there's not real. This isn't a good quarterback class, yeah. and so because of that, you don't have teams like willing to bet the farm, you know, to to move up and and nab a quarterback. Um, and also because of that, you're seeing a lot of like, you know. The, the star power in this draft is in receiver and I'm not even sure like where the, the next, like part of it's cause you know, as, as a Browns fan, obviously I'm not paying attention to running backs, but I don't think we need to worry about them. You know, I, I feel like the star power is in receiver to deep wide receiver. Like I, I've been running mock drafts on uh, pro football focus and uh, like you can be get you know, Pick pick one hundred and end up with like uh, a receiver with like four four speed. It's ridiculous how how deep like the receivers go this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's also going to depend like what what happens to Baker because I mean, I guess let me ask you if if you're a team that needs a quarterback, right? 
Baker or either of the two top draft picks, who would you take? So you're the, the top draft picks, you know, we're talking about the dude out of Liberty and uh, the dude out of Pitt. So the dude out of Liberty and the dude out of Pitt. I probably, I think they're projecting the, the Panthers to go with the dude out of Liberty, which is asinine to me. I don't think, I don't think dude played that bad last year. I don't think Darnold played. So, I mean, the Panthers were terrible. You know, I don't think he played that bad, you know, and he's young. So I, but, you know, they're one team that need, apparently needs a quarterback. Uh, I would take Baker before I took Willis. I just would. Yeah. We're not, we're, let's, let's be honest. We're about two years removed from Baker being a top 10 quarterback in the league, legitimately. And like, right. you know that because you're a Browns fan. The rest of the NFL world likes to just give Browns a ton of shit, right? And at any chance they can. And Baker's an easy target, right? But legitimately, he was a top 10 quarterback two years ago. It's not all about Baker. Something something was going on in that locker. Something didn't mix well. Didn't jive. Don't know what it was. Maybe it was a combination of everything, you know. And, uh, you know, if that's what Landry's holding on to, maybe, you know, because as far as I know, he's been a consummate professional. He's not he's not the diva receiver that that we've come accustomed to. Right. But like maybe he's like, I just want to wash my hands of it all. Right. Right. And and, and before I make a decision, like I'm, I'm not team Baker, I'm not team Odell. You know, I just want to I just want to be done with it all. So I could see that. Right. If I'm Seattle, I do I you know who's Seattle's quarterback next year? As of right now, it's Drew Locke. They're going with Drew Locke. Do you take Baker over Drew Locke? Well, it's it's interesting you you bring that up because one of the rumored trades that could go down is some sort of swap with Baker and D, Baker and a pick for DJ Metcalf. Or DK, not I'm sorry, not DJ. Um which that I'm excited super, about on super paper. sick. But they don't have the money for that, man. He's doing no, contract in a year. They do this year. They do yeah. this year. But then next year, no, because he's going to want to re-kill money. Um, I, I mean, I feel like even if you, depending on what pick you give up, I feel like you still take a rookie receiver and let them learn, knowing that next year DK is going wherever DK goes. Or maybe, maybe you take him for a year and hope, you know, just uh, Watson doesn't get suspended a long time. You make a deep playoff run and he does some sort of thing. I mean, you can always restructure stuff. Like that's the thing everyone forgets. Like everyone talks about these contracts and, and how big it is that the, the Browns set the market. Sure. But you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson, now he's going to get re- like, he's going to have to get re-signed. And you think he, if you don't think he's looking at uh, Watson's contract, and thinking I'm at least getting some large amount of money guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Burrow's got to resign. So, I mean, you know, in 10 years, the Browns are going to have a relatively good contract for where, you know, uh, QB contracts are headed. Um, it is what it is. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, and, and the thing is, that, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're paying them so much. To me, like I'm used to Cleveland having to pay more to get people. We just do. Like, that's just how it is. Uh, we paid $32 million for Kenny Britt and all nine games he played in. So, I mean, 
that that's just what it is to be a Cleveland Browns fan. So paying him forty six million, which honestly, based on where QB contracts are headed, I mean, uh, Rogers got fifty a year, right? So that, I mean, depending on how you feel about, and I'm just again just looking at the talent. I, I'd argue at, at worst, like worst case scenario for Deshaun Watson, he's a top eight quarterback. Worst case scenario. If I'm being honest, probably top five. And if you take into his age, top three. Like I'd say Mahomes is better. And I'm just basing it on age. So I'm not counting Rodgers or Brady in this conversation just because I'm talking specifically talent and age. Like I would say Mahomes, uh, you know, potentially Joey B. We'll see how he plays with a better line. Potentially Herbert and and Watson. Those are your top up-and-coming quarterbacks, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, right. And, and uh, let's Josh go. There too. So let's go to 2020. And he was the. Where where was he in passing? Like uh, he, was, he, was, he was a top five quarterback. Yeah, he was number one in yards. I like he had almost five thousand yards. He has uh, he had like thirty three touchdowns to like six or seven interceptions, which were top eight in both of those categories. I want to say QBR was 107 or something like that. I mean, if, and if, you, really want to, if you really want to get down to it, uh, name a receiver on the 2020 Houston Texans. So he was number 12 by QBR rating. Mm-hmm. The previous year, he was number seven by QBR. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Well, and I would say – this this particular Browns team that he's coming to is top to bottom way more talented than any Texans team he was on. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he did have Hopkins, who... Oh, I, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not saying, like, yeah, Hopkins is better than Cooper. I'll, I'll give you that all day. But, like, just top to bottom roster-wise, you have to give the running game to the Browns. You have to give the, the line to the Browns. I'd say probably let's, uh, I mean, Will Fuller versus Cooper. I mean, you know, like it's, I, I feel like top to bottom, this is the, the most talented team he's been on. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, let's see how many games he even gets to play this year. Um, but it's, it's been interesting. It's, it's been hard. Like I said, I've been doing PFF. I'm not used to not looking at first round picks, especially like in the top 15. Um yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. We'll see. We'll see. Didn't the Eagle did you guys trade you guys traded one of your picks, right? We traded I, I think it was a good trade to be honest. Yeah. So they had the three picks. They traded, they essentially gave away a first for a next year's first, but got a second out of the deal as well. Yeah. So they'll have two first-round picks next year, which I think is is essentially saying, all right, Jalen, we're going to give you one more full year, right? Because we got two more top – you know, we got two more first-round draft picks next year, and we could package that to go get somebody else. That's essentially what I think they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a haul. I think it was a steal for, for Howie, you know? Uh, they still they're still at fifteen and eighteen, mm-hmm. which you know they were at fifteen, I think seventeen and eighteen. That's where they were. Yeah. So 
15, 16, and 18. So yeah. they gave up 16 for, yeah. I, I honestly, from the Saints' point of view, don't understand this move. Unless they're going to try to get move up, get a quarterback. I, I think any, but the NFL's stupid, right? Like, I, I don't think there's a quarterback worthy of patching two first-round picks to move up. You know, and I think Jameis Winston is not a bad quarterback, right? Like, I think that he did a pretty good job of moving away from his problem in Tampa Bay, and that was throwing interceptions, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, you know, then he got hurt. So we don't, we don't know. We don't know what Jameis was going to do in a full season, you know, with a depleted roster. Michael Thomas was out. So, uh, you know they're they're either going to stock up on some uh, some some key positions in the first round and surround him with some talent, or I don't know. We'll see. Eagles got another first. They they, they really didn't give up anything, right? So it works out. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I've said, I, I'm the guy that thinks you should always just try and trade down if you can, because unless there's like a can't like Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence or whoever, and you're within striking distance of being able to have a chance to add him. Like I always say, because I'm convinced the the draft is a is a crapshoot. Like it's we could analyze this all day, but y- you don't know until a guy straps up and, and plays, and even then you don't know for at least three years. Yeah. Um, so it's just a crap. I mean, look at look at the like Carson Wentz. Although right. I'm a little scared of him being in Washington. Just just being honest, you know. Um, but I think there's something wrong with him, man. I think people just don't like him. You know, I just, I just there's got to be something that's happening because he didn't play bad in in, in Indy. He actually played okay, you know. But uh, you know that draft was golf and Wentz one two. Where are they now? Right. Detroit and Washington. You know? And they're both pretty much on the like, you know, Detroit's probably gonna look to to move off of golf here in the next season or two. And then he's gonna be a backup. Like that that, you know, he's gonna be a Marcus Mariota, which by the way, him and Winston. I mean, where are they? Yeah. You know? Um yeah, it's and, and you know that's why, like, so let me ask you because we haven't really talked about it. what did you think of the uh, the Browns trade for Watson, like with what they gave up. I mean, the caveat is 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 the fact that there's it's a very black hole that you're taking on, right? And Philly's been there. Philly took Vic, you know, and and people didn't like that at all. Right. You know, at all. Um, years later, Vic owned up to it, right? Vic Vic has worked very hard to overcome that bad, bad thing, right? Like he killed dogs. <laughs> like right. you know. Um, if I if I want to be uh philosophical and I want to talk about society, you know. You can go to any urban community, and what he did is is kind of acceptable, right? It just it just is, right? Like as as taboo as it is to you and I, it's acceptable. Right. There's right. nowhere in our society that 
the 22 cases against Deshaun Watson is acceptable. Right. You know, I, I just, and they gave up a ton and then gave him the bag. Guaranteed. It's a guaranteed contract. I mean, is there is there anything in there that if he gets suspended that, I mean, I know his first year is, is a wash. They were smart about that. But well, actually, there's one thing I want to touch on about that. There's been a lot made of the fact that I think they're paying him like, like a little over a million, like 1.06 or something like that. And everyone's like, oh, blah blah. I get in context that it looks bad, but if you go through and actually look at monster contracts they're handed out, yeah, that's pretty common for the first year. Because here's the thing: if if I sign Michael Loy to a 46 million per year guaranteed contract. And I just plop you on my team right now. I got to release 15 people to make room. Yeah. So what they do is they get you, I get you for a million this year, give you a large signing bonus. And that gives me a couple of years to figure out the rest of the contracts around you. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and I understand how it looks in context, but the same, the exact same time when Miles Garrett signed his 120 million, they they did the exact same thing. They gave him like 1.2 his first year, and then it, it grew from there. Now his is going to grow a lot quicker and a lot more sudden than uh, Garrett's did. But the the one million thing isn't isn't that uncommon. That's what teams do, so they don't have to completely blow up their roster the second they sign a big contract. And I get that, right? And GMs know what they're doing, right? There's an article right now on ESPN that is is the is a salary cap a, a mirage, right? Because it's really just you and I both work in finance, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. I balance P and Ls, move fucking money around, and make it look pretty all day long, right? Mm-hmm. All day long. So right. that's what they do. It's move money around, man. But I also think that. You know, knowing he's going to probably be suspended, I said, you know, we'll give you some money up front. We'll give you the guarantee, right? But we're not, we're not taking a suit like a million dollars for your starting quarterback. It's kind of low, you know, 10 million, 12 million would have made a lot more sense. But, you know, they said, well, but that's the thing though. He got a, he got, he signed 1 million against, he signed a $1 million salary, but he got a $45 million signing bonus. And he count he counts as to, as like eleven million against the cap, so it's not like they're just you know it's not just like okay here's a million dollars for playing. He's getting forty six million dollars this year. He already has forty five of it. So right. I mean, you know, that that's what signing bonuses are for. So they can give them money and get it under that you know without screwing their cap over immediately. Yeah. As far as the draft compensation goes, I get we gave up a ton, but the way I look at it is this. We gave up a first rounder this year. We didn't go up any second rounders. We gave up a first rounder this year. Next year, it would have been a, like, let's be honest, the way it was headed in Cleveland, for whatever reason, we're probably going to be drafting a quarterback next year. Yeah. So, okay, so we got Deshaun Watson. We don't have a first. That's a wash in my mind. Yeah. So I only look at it as we really only gave up two first round picks. Because we're going to have to use one on a quarterback anyway, um, and then I, they gave up like a like a third and a couple fourths. Well, I think I'm pretty much on record saying the Eagles. I was willing to give up two of the three first rounders this year. 
mm-hmm. and then package a bunch of other picks along with it, right? Because you're looking at your starting quarterback for the next 10 years. Right. You know, that's what you're looking at. So, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, is the Rams did it. You know, the Rams don't have a first-round pick, I think, until 2030. I might be dead. Shit. <laughs> I think that's the way you got to do it, though. I mean, like I said, yeah, there, there's a handful of guys um, that'll that'll do well that get drafted in the first round, but I, it's a crapshoot. Either I think the two strategies are either give up your draft picks for known entities like a Deshaun Watson or, or even, you know, mid-round picks like a receiver or whatever for known entities or trade back and get as many as you can and just hope one of your 27 picks hit. Cause that's really all it is. Like, so I'm trying to determine, I don't know. It would be really cool if somebody had some data on this, but what's the position that hits the most in the first round. Off the top of my head, I'd say probably offensive line. Like if I had to pick. If I had to pick right now, it would absolutely be offensive line. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've seen a lot of, I mean, we've seen some offensive linemen, you know, not make Tony Mandarich, uh, you know, that, that, what was that dude? Gallery. Gallery played for a while. He just was on a bad team. But typically, you know, you guys had a stud for years. Just never had a te- – you know, Joe Thomas was a stud. Right. Never had a team around him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you have guys like that, you know. So I would say offensive linemen. Outside of that, you know, like it's a crapshoot, man. Yeah, because I'm trying to think, like, outside of that, what would you say number two is, like – it's probably, it's got to be like secondary because those usually are like later first round picks. Like you very rarely see like a, a DB going in the top 10. That being said, I think that there's like a DB that's projected going in the top five this year. But I mean, it's got to be that or I mean. Linebacker. Is least likely to. No, 20. This is most likely. 25-year sample, 87 drafted, 23 All-Pros, 26% All-Pro rate. Safety would be second. Center, guard, offensive tackle, rounding out your top five. Defensive lineman, running back, quarterback, cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, QB is dead last. Yeah. Dead last. And, And like the top Three are within like, you know, 1.5 percentage points as far as being an all pro with that draft pick. So linebacker, safety, center. So putting on and, and not for any specific team, but I feel like if I was a GM, I feel like you target that like you pick your biggest need. Right. And you just target them, though, like out of those five positions. So you said linebacker, safety, uh, center, tackle. And what was the other one? Linebacker, center, safety, tackle, guard. Guard. Those should be your first round picks every year. And if you don't need one, you trade back. Yeah. 
That should be that should be what you do. We yes. just solve we just we just solve the NFL draft. And, like and unless unless there's a can't miss Andrew Luck type quarterback that you can possibly get. Yeah, every everything else can drive because I can think of just as many like quality players on the Browns, or at least you should be trading back into the the, the back end of the draft. Like you know, because I, I don't you know if you if you mess up your twenty seventh pick, but you traded down from like thirteen to get there. Eh, you know, I think what gets what happens is the star power is the wide receiver, the the quarterback, obviously, and that's why you see so many teams striking out on them because they go after the the big name. They want to make the splash. Yeah. Which is like if I'm the Eagles, right? I'm at 15 and 18. I know I need a linebacker. That's your best percentage. You're mm-hmm. looking at N'Kobe Dean or Devin Lloyd, right? And and those are probably two blue chippers that everybody's saying is going to have an impact. That's that's your 15 pick right there, right? And then you got safeties, and Hamilton will be gone because he's supposed to go second, uh, you know. But you have the dude out of Michigan, and then you got the dude out of Georgia. Um, the dude out of Michigan is ranked 19th overall, right? So he's sitting there at 18. That's who you fucking take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's who you take. Yeah, I, I think we just solved the draft. <laughs> you look at your roster if you got those five positions and you're drafting in the top 20, trade back. So all we need now is we need a, a GoFundMe slush fund or to hit the lottery, one of the two. Uh, you know, we we want to be well. San Diego's got a pretty good roster this year, but or Los Angeles rather. I did there. I did it. Yeah. Um, you know, but there, there's that sister that still doesn't want part of the deal, man. Let's get our piece of the pie. We well, you know in the boardroom. You know what's crazy to me is the fact that like by and large, and, and the Browns are like I guess the team that does this the most. But the whole what's what's the term? Um, sabermetrics or whatever, the whole analytical way of looking at everything. I'm kind of surprised people haven't done this with the draft yet. Like why, at least we, at least we don't hear it talked about in this sense. You know what I'm saying? Like. Somebody's just, got, I mean, we can't be the smartest dudes in, in, in on the planet when it comes to drafting in the NFL, somebody has to be doing this, right? Like the, it took me 30 seconds to Google the information. You know what I mean? So somebody has to be looking at this. You know, yet at but, the same time, yet at the same time, someone's going to trade up to get um, the dude out of Pitts, the quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's got a cannon, though. I'll give him that. Yeah, well, so does Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> but Baker was a he was a he was a top ten quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if you're there, like, okay, so the, the one thing I would say is if you think Baker's your guy, right? Like, go back to that draft. So that was four years ago now. The, the Browns, the Jets, everyone that took a quarterback, the Bills. If your guy is a quarterback because you need one and he happens to be there, fine. Draft him, you know, but don't trade up like people trading up for Trubisky. We see it every year, like the Eagles traded up to get uh, uh, Wentz. Every, everyone always trades up. And statistically speaking, you're it, you're not going to do it. You're better. You're better signing Marcus Mariota for a couple of years and seeing where he takes you. Then at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, 
I think the Bears should let us come in and run their fucking draft, right? Because everything they've done is turned to shit. Mm-hmm. Everything, right? So we don't know what Justin Fields is going to do. He had some flashes of brilliancy, you know, but he was an, he was an average, average at best quarterback. Right. You know, but like it's we're not far removed from that trade that they made with the Raiders to get Mac, and Mac is no longer on the team. Right. You know, we're not far removed from them moving up to get uh, you know, what's his fucking name? Trubisky. Trubisky is no longer on the team. You know, like what the fuck are you guys doing? I don't want to live in Chicago though. Like, you know, we need a franchise in a southern in the southern hemisphere. So the Houston Texans, the Dolphins. There it is, the Dolphins. Dolphins are stacked, dude. Dolphins are stacked, and, well, and, and like, they're, the, they're the prime example of what we're talking about because half yeah. their team was undrafted. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jaseki, their tight end. Maybe Jaseki is the tight end. The running back, the tight end. Like, like their top receiver was like a. Well, now it's Tariq Hill, but even Tariq Hill was like a fourth round pick or something like that. So I mean. Like that's that's the team. I mean, they're they're kind of doing what we're saying. I, I just think, I mean, the Texans could use our help. Uh, Texans would actually be the best place to start because they need everything. Yeah. The other the other strategy I think that needs to be employed is every other year. Like I don't, I, so I don't know how all the contracts work. Off, like I know when you're a first round pick, depending on your. Um, the position you're taken in, right? Um, you, it's like a specific contract you get. You know, like if, you, if you're the first overall pick, it's pretty much there's a set contract that you're going to get. Yep. Um, I don't know how it is for like seventh round. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if the seventh round pick has a specific contract they're going to get um, or something like that. But I, I'm of the belief that every other year, regardless of who you're starting, I don't care if your starting quarterback is Joe Montana in his heyday or John Elway, you draft like a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round. Worst case scenario, you, you find the next uh, Tom Brady. Or I'm sorry, best case scenario, you find the next Tom Brady. Worst case scenario, he's off your team in two years. <laughs> like that, or you have a clipboard holder, you know? Yeah. You got a future coach. Yeah. You know, not a bad deal for a six round pick. Dude, we could do this. We could totally do this. The more we talk, the more I'm convinced we've missed our callings. I, b- I believe that 100%. You know, and I'm certain that we could take the, the fam 50, as Andy likes to call them, you know, the 50 people in, in, uh, in our, Group chat, basically, right? Not even, not even fifty, right? We can go twenty-five, really. Yeah, you know, there's fifty people that participate regularly, but like twenty-five that are fully invested, and those twenty-five people could absolutely be like the 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 consultants. Yeah, you know, that's our front office right there. End of story. Yeah, like the only thing we would need to figure out, and I feel like I feel like Gorky's the guy for this, but the only thing we would need to figure out is someone needs to uh we, we need someone to figure out the salary cap because that's the only thing 
uh like i have ideas i understand like like general like overview type stuff but like i said i don't know if like what kind of contract a, a fifth round pick is guaranteed if they're guaranteed anything all, all i do is analytics that's all i do right so between you me gorky atticus uh and he's got the inside scoop on everything so i mean and, and he's a talent uh, evaluator is yeah, what, he's our talent he yeah you know, and he finds the head coach. You know, that's that's Andy's job. Who's our head? Who's our coaching staff? Right. Andy Andy figures that out because he'll just he'll just go talk him into it. But uh, you know, as far as numbers go, I think I think we can figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I know that. I know there's GMs or not GMs, but uh, owners that listen. Like I know Jerry Jones is a regular. We do have a guy in Texas. I'm pretty sure it's Jerry Jones that listens to us on the regular. Um, we'll be cheap, too. Like, whatever you're paying your head coach now, I'm sure we would all you'd probably be able to fit us all in for what you're just paying. Uh, what's the dude's name? McCarthy? McCarthy, yeah. He's making what? He's making like $10 million a year. We, you could hire you, me, Andy, Gorky, and Atticus for $10 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll work for two million a piece. I guarantee their front office salary is probably around the twenty to twenty-five million dollar range. Yeah, you know, you give us twenty-five people, we'll pay them all a million a piece across the board, and we're good. <laughs> oh man, dude! I, I like I, I I should get paid. Like the amount of mock drafts I've run for either fantasy football. Or and that's my that's my uh, that's my proof by the way the fact that I can consistently make the playoffs in fantasy football is my uh, is my proof of concept as yes. far as uh, talent evaluation. But yeah, no, just even even this year, like the number of mock drafts I've run for the Browns, like on Pro Football Focus, I was doing one while I was waiting for you to log on. I, I could do this. Like, I know the names at least. Like, the only thing I don't have is, is like, game tape of, like, you know, the edge defender out of Iowa State. Like, that's, like, the only thing I'm lacking. The edge defender. So, you know you know six-round picks by name? Uh, I mean, I'd have to see their names, but, like, I know the position in the player that I've been, like, looking at every time it comes around. There's a DB out of Florida Atlantic called Marquez something runs a four three forty. Um, uh, there's a safety out of Michigan uh, Hawkins, who who I kind of like. Um, uh, McFadden's a linebacker out of Indiana that's typically going around five fifth, fifth sixth round. I mean, these are all guys I just just from playing around on this thing. I mean, shoot, even the guy, um, God, what's his name, Perian Winfrey is the guy I'd like to see the Browns take in the first round if they get a chance. Or not the first round, I'm sorry, the second round. Even though he's projected to go a little bit later, I'd rather see them reach for him because he's. we need a defensive interior. And if you get past him, there, there isn't really anything uh, that I think is going to help this year. Like, he's, he's the guy that can come in and start. So, I mean, I, it, you know, it's like in fantasy football. When, when you're drafting and you, you keep drafting in your position, so – basically you kind of know who's going to be there every time it comes around for the most part. Like that's kind of where I am with it. Like 
I know guys around around where their picks fall, but running backs are not a bad deal in the first round. Only 50% of top 10 picks. No, 50% of first round wide receiver picks have no 100,000 yard seasons. 50%. So half of every wide receiver drafted in the first round never hit 1,000 yards in a season. And it's crazy because I feel like wide receivers are one of those positions every year that's just crazy deep. Yeah. No? Like, there's no reason you ever need to draft. Like, you can draft quality. Like, who's the dude out of Penn State? The, the uh, Dot. Oh, uh, Dotson. Yeah. He, he'll, he's going to be a second rounder. He's my favorite one. Like, uh, he's going to be a second rounder and he's going to, he might be the best wide receiver in the, in, in the bunch when it's all said and done. Right. I, I know they're talking about this Drake London out of USC. You know, you got Wilson and Olaf out of Ohio State. I think there's Hamilton out of Alabama. There's probably a handful of others from the SEC. Burke, yeah, there's Burke out of uh, Ole Miss or wherever he is. No, well, you know what my fear is? Seriously. he uh, Dotson, he's going to end up on the Patriots. Watch. He is yeah. totally, like, that's, that's what I'm scared of. He's going to end up on the Patriots, and then they're going to, you know. It's his size. It's his size. There, there's no other reason for it. He's fucking fast. But he's 5'11 at best. He's a small dude, right? And he weighs 178. You know, that's small. But I've done my homework on him. He doesn't shy away from contact. No, he doesn't. People. I've been doing my research, man. I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> um, There's him. There's, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Western Michigan. Um, Sky Moore. There it is. Sky Moore. He's another good one. Uh, he's going to be in the second round. Hell, there's a, a dude out of uh, uh, a converted running back out of Boise State. Uh, his first name starts. It's like Khalil or something like that. Khalil uh, Shakir. Yes, there you go. He's uh, he he's going to be uh, a great like. And these are all slot guys. Like that. That's what you need. I mean, I, I you know I'd even wonder if you break it down even more. Like, and they're, they're probably this type of analytics doesn't exist. And it should. So when we say receive, like we're lumping receiver into one big group, right? But I, I wonder, like the people who draft slot receivers in the second round, like you know, who out of first, you know, the X receiver, the your your first receiver, and the slot, who what's the highest success rate? You know, what I'm saying maybe it's better to trade for a known quantity in the receiving realm uh, as your top receiver, and then draft slot guys. There's a science to this. It's there. Just no one looks into it. Like, this is what we should be doing. <laughs> they, they don't put it all together. There's all there's all silos of this data, right? Mm -hmm. We need to put it all in, in, like, Tableau and, you know, have Tableau work its magic. And, like, you can ask questions of how you want the information. And, like, Tableau's algorithms will be like, and then boom put it up on a screen and like, you can be like by height, by, by, by position, you know, weight, you know, times thrown to all that. Right. Shit. Well, I'm, I, I'm willing to bet there's even a, there's even like more we can go into like, cause you know, they say prototypical, blah, blah, blah. Like 
whatever, I'm willing to bet the best. Like if we were to go back, like, like think about it, like who on the Patriots when the Patriots were dominant, like who is that? Like outside of Randy Moss, all their good receivers were like the X or the slot guy. They're all short. You know what I'm saying? Like none of them, none of them are six, two burners. They're, 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 you know, five eleven, four six, but you know, not afraid to go over the middle and, and make contact. That's what you look for. That's prototype. Not, you know, they might not get the highlight reels as much, but I'm not here for highlight reels. I'm here for Super Bowls, you know? Mm-mm. Trying to see. I'm looking at more. Now I'm going down rabbit holes. <laughs> you weren't expecting this at uh, 11 o'clock at night, were you? No, not at all. I'm, I'm going to stop. But yeah, that's a project. So, you know, I think we write an executive summary, send it to all 32 NFL teams, see if anybody bites. My my dad, so my dad lives in this uh, like retirement community. Do you know, have you ever heard of the villages down here in Florida? No. Okay. So the villages, it's like you have, it's like a 55 and up only. Like you can't move there unless you're 55 and up. Um, my dad lives in a, a community like that, but it's up in like Southern South Carolina. So it's like about 30 minutes from Hilton Head. Anyway, his neighbor is the grandmother of uh, the director of player personnel for the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> so, you know, maybe next time I'm up there, we'll, we'll, we'll grease the wheels. See if we can, uh, I don't know if that's the best Avenue. Cause we're looking to take his job. <laughs> that's fair but you gotta intern somewhere you just gotta you gotta get you gotta get your foot in the door we'll say arizona's safe we're not gonna go for we're not we're not gonna go after arizona we're going after everybody else yeah we, we just need to learn under you to get our name out there and then we're gonna go somewhere else i think it's a good uh i think it's a good game plan what's a what's a neutral city we can agree on we want somewhere south right or at least warm uh so i would say if we gotta go team by team I would probably say Atlanta is that was another my first team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I mean, Charlotte wouldn't even be that bad for the Carolina Panthers, right? Yeah. Like Charlotte, Charlotte's relatively warm all year round. Yeah, you know, they, it de- it definitely gets cold there. I mean, I was I was just in Charlotte. It was it was sixty degrees, which was warm to me, but it was probably eighty in Miami. Right. Um, you know, so you got Houston, New Orleans, who else? Miami, Jacksonville. None of the AFC East, none of the AFC North. Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Okay. Las Vegas, LA that Chargers. That'd be fun. So Las both of those, they're both on. Arizona. L.A. Rams. We'll skip San Fran and Seattle. Uh, New Orleans, we said. Well, Tampa Bay, Carolina, or the Falcons. Anywhere in the NFC South. Nowhere in the North. And nowhere in the NFC East. So we're down. Well, the Dolphins are in the AFC East, which is weird. They should be in the AFC South. But that's that's beyond me. Well, they are East. I mean, they they are. are, But, you know. It doesn't make sense. 
Dallas should not be in the NFC East. That's fair. All right. They're, they're like six, like uh, there are six teams that make more sense geographic. Well, I think Indianapolis and Dallas should switch. Indianapolis is farther east than Dallas, and at least geographically speaking, I would probably say, I would probably put the Miami Dolphins need to go to the AFC South, bring the Colts to the NFC East. Dallas needs to go to uh, NFC South, AFC South. Wait, no, you still need an East team. They would go, they would go to the NFC South, and the Panthers. Go to the go, go to the east. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roger Goodell. If you're hiring, we we got this figured out. We got realignment figured out. For we got that. realignment figured out, and uh, you know, that's the way we do things here on Fuck Your Team podcast. <laughs> We're just idea guys. That's just that's you know, you know that's that's how we do it. For our three listeners out there, spread the word. Yeah. How many listeners do we have? Have we done analytics yet? Do we do any of that? I can I can give you a se- here. Give me a second. I can I can bring it up. So the numbers might be inflated for the last two podcasts just because I did a couple with friends and then posted it on their page. Yeah. So you got so the, I think you got the episodes all whacked out too. By the way, I was taking a look at that because I'm, yeah, I'm I'm behind, know, like uh, this is like. 58 or 59 right now. <laughs> I did. So the problem is I did 51, 52, 53, 54, 53, 56. <laughs> got, a, got a little drunk in there. It happens. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. Dashboard. So our last two podcasts had eight unique listeners each. Estimated audience size, seven, 17 people. With 15 unique listeners. So I'm guessing maybe there's a couple husband and wives out there that, that listen to each other. I wonder what our most, let's see. 5% of our ham is still in Germany. We have, uh, looks like we got a guy in the United Kingdom, someone in Brazil, India, Russia, Ukraine. Ukraine. You got to be worried about those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, believe it or not, we're split pretty evenly between male and female. 45% of our listeners are female, 55% are male. Uh, by far, our largest demographic is 35 to 44. Second largest is 45 to 59. Let's see. I don't, I'm trying to figure out a way. So our most listened to episode was... Uh, episode eight, and that's when we sat down with Andy uh, from Rate My League. And then the next most listened to episode was actually the one where we had Landon Cohen on. Episode four. All right. Yeah. We're just breaking it all kind of down. You know what this says to me, though? Not enough people on uh, our own webpage are listening to us. No, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And like that, I I stopped putting it on YouTube, but you know, it's it's pretty much a time thing because by the time it downloads and then I got to go format it and I got to do all that shit and like I get caught up doing something and I miss it and the computer shuts down and then I have to start over. I'm like, fuck it. 
right? But uh, which is why we need a producer. Uh, that'd be number one. Someone that could do all the 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 shit that I don't want to do, uh, and and put it on, right? Someone to manage the YouTube channel. Uh, but like no one was watching that either. I have the stats to that. <laughs> you know, nobody. Well, to, be fair, to be fair, an hour long video of us just kind of talking that that's kind of hard to because we don't really do anything we just talk so it's not really like going to generate a lot of traction on youtube i could have sworn andy doesn't andy know someone that's in the affiliated with the nfl somehow or used to be something like that i mean i used to i used to know people yeah unfortunately i didn't go to a big enough school like i know a couple guys that made it to the nfl but they're not in it anymore Dave Zastadil, one of the greatest punters ever. He's an OU alum. But yeah, the, the only other thing I know is I know, um, actually, you'll meet him, one of my uh, groomsmen. Uh, he coaches rugby with a uh, former Brown. I think he actually plays for the Giants now, but he like comes back to Cleveland during the summers. Anyway. The Jaguars are going with an offensive lineman. I'll tell you who I like. If I if I had an opportunity to get Penning, the offensive lineman, like that dude's just nasty. Like I was watching some tape on him, and and like he likes to hurt people, you know. And and he's big and agile enough to make that shit happen, right? And he's just mean. Like he almost started fights at the combine, <laughs> right? Just just tossing dudes to the ground. Yeah, gone. You know, who my, you know who my favorite pick in this draft is? Is uh, Jordan Davis out of Georgia? Yeah, the the three hundred pound defensive uh, tackle who's freaking outrunning some quarterbacks. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a, he's a one trick pony, but it's it's a hell of a trick. <clears throat> Nobody is running on him. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. I think he's going to be a better pass rusher. Like he's definitely a dude that's going to play in the league for 10 years. I'm not saying he's going to be like the next Aaron Donald, but I think he's going to do better in the NFL than people think because that entire defense for the, like the Georgia defense from this past season is one of those defenses. We're going to look back at like, they're going to run 30 for thirties on in like 10, 15 years. And we're going to look back and be like, Damn, their entire defense went in the first round and half of them were perennial pro bowlers. Like, like I think in the top 20, like both like an end, both interior defensive linemen and like their linebacker are all protected to go. Like, and I think the entire defense is projected to get drafted by the end of the third round. Like, yeah. that's a ridiculous amount of talent. So I almost wonder when you're playing with that kind of talent, maybe it hurts your your individual stuff a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, they have the DN slated to go, like, I think, uh, three or four. The right. other DN slated to go within the top 20. Uh, they have N'Kobe Dean slated to go right around 15. Um, I mean, they're just stacked. Yeah. Jordan Davis, top 20 pick. I 
I mean, th- that Georgia defense is going to be like the 2002 Miami Hurricanes offense, where you look back, you're like, man, they had how who? And it's like you look back, and it's like they had Willis McGahee and uh, who's the, the the Jeremy Shockey and all these people. And you're just like, damn, like how did that team not just win? Like you know, like 120 to zero every week, like. That, that's what this defense is going to be like because you're going to look back and it's just going to be ridiculous. Like barring injury or something weird, that I'm telling you, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on how great that defense was. And we're all going to be like, oh my God, he was on that defense too? I mean, crap. There were people on the defense. Uh, what was I listening to? I was listening to some like more Brown. It was a Browns podcast, but they were talking about just like other players that um, like went to all that, like the dude that went to um, uh, Connecticut. He was like the one good Connecticut player. Uh, he's projected to go in the second round. He was originally at Georgia. He left to play elsewhere because he just wasn't going to get reps. And he's a second round talent. He wasn't getting reps because the defense was that good. There's like a bunch of, there's like three or four guys that are going to go in the first two rounds that were on Georgia's defense and they just left because they weren't getting playing time. Mm. They, uh, their entire defense is, is projected to go in like the first two rounds. Yeah. That's insane. Probably won't happen, but it's just insane to even think about. Hmm. I'm excited for the draft, you know, with bated breath because <clears throat> I don't want them to take a wide receiver in the first round. Yeah. You know, like at 15 and 18, they could drop back to the twenties with both those picks and still wind up with a stud linebacker and safety. Right. Which are statistically, as we've already covered, your safest bets in the NFL draft. Yeah. Your safest pick anyway. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's funny that I feel like if there is a GM in the NFL that's like that, like, because Howie's great at accumulating picks. Like every year, he somehow like ends up with like 15 first round picks somehow, but it's hitting on him. So it's like yeah. he just played the odds. Yeah. He always goes after a wide receiver. And statistically, that's the worst outside of quarterback yeah. in, in the first round, outside of quarterback. It's the worst. Yeah. You're, you're, well, you're, especially because the the. So let me. How about this? And, and I might have to rephrase this question, but what positions? Because so we we'd agree that quarterback and, and wide receiver are probably the worst. Like as far as like hitting on your first round picks, I think part of the reason is those two positions in particular are more reliant on other positions being good. Like your left tackle can be a stud, right? Regardless of how the rest of the line is. Your linebacker can be good regardless of how well your DB is or not. You know what I'm saying? Where a quarterback, if he doesn't have a good line and decent receivers or a good line and and a pass catching tight end and a, a good running game, things can get bad real quick, right? Same with the receiver. If he doesn't have a good quarterback, things can get bad real quick. Uh, Just like the other way around, like, you know, um, 
what uh, Peyton Manning was making stars out of Pierre Garçon and and uh, Austin Collie because he was that good, right? So I mean, I think that's part of it. So so that's probably what it is. You focus on the positions that are least reliant on other people being good, and that's that. That's why those positions do better. Well, and case in point, right? Like if you focus on your D your D line. Or linebacker, safety, and then the the front line for offense, right? That that was your top five statistically. If you focus on, let's just say the O line, right? You got a twenty five percent chance of hitting an All Pro, right? Twenty five percent chance. If you don't hit an All Pro, you're probably sitting someone that's going to be with you for ten years, right? You know what I mean? So. Do that first and then take the flyer on the quarterback. Right. You know, build it appropriately. Everybody wants to, you know, get the name, sell tickets, man. You know, but if you don't put an offensive line in front of them, you're screwed. You know, screwed. The Eagles have seemed to revamp their offensive line, right? From 2018 when they had one of the best, if not the best. Uh, you know, and then injuries took over for the last five years or whatever, you know. But aside from Kelsey, who's still a fucking stud, right? Lane's what? He's in his sixth or seventh year. You know, he, he has trouble staying on the field, though. But if he's on the field, he's one of the best le- right tackles in the game. Uh, Jordan Melita, fucking 6'8", 330-pound rugby player, has turned out to be a decent left tackle, right? Right. And they've they've plugged in their offensive line, right? They got a couple other young dudes. They got Dickerson, and then they got some other dude that, that's going to take over. So, you know, they have their line. So as long as the line stays healthy, Jalen Hurts has that in front of him. He should be successful, right? You have you have your number one receiver. Dude, dude knows how to run routes, man. I watched a lot of tape on the Eagles during this offseason so far, right? And and like I got so pissed off at how open Devontae Smith is on the field. The dude knows how to run routes. It's, you know, got to give him time to get the ball to him, right? But your defense, you, ne- you never draft linebackers or safeties. Do it. This is the year to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, where you're at in the draft, who's projected to fall there, you're winding up with t- a, a top three player at both of those positions. And statistically, you got a 25% chance they're going to be all pro. All pro. Right. Well, and you know what's interesting, too, just to bring it kind of back full circle and get back into the salary cap, now your best position players, as far as draft picks go, you know, like you're not bogged down, you know, like like how much does a what, – what, what do the top left tackles make? You know what I'm saying? Like what you're, – you're not getting locked down in the salary cap eventually you'll get a, a quarterback you're going to have to pay money to. But outside of that, like if you're drafting a third round receiver, if that's his starting point, it's going to be a, like, unless he's like, you know, a Tariq Hill who just is breaking all kinds of records. Right. Or, you know, if he's just a, a good at what he does and is a solid player, but he starts in the third round, he's going to cost you a lot less over the length of his career than a first round receiver who's equally talented, let's say. Yeah. You know, just because of where they got drafted, where they got drafted at. 
We just figured out the NFL. We just did it. There. Done. That's it. Up. Put me in. That's it. We should just send this episode. I mean, we don't even need to really do much work with an executive summary. Yeah. They want a PowerPoint. I can put it together. Right. I, I do that all day long. So, you know, we're good. I got Vizio. I can make flow charts. We're set. The last little bit we need to figure out is like what percentage of, of players come from like smaller schools. Like, you know, if you're going to take a, a, a quarterback in the first round, does it make sense to go to maybe like a non-traditional power? Because, I mean, if you think about it, like even if, if you were to take the top 10 quarterbacks right now in the league, and I'm not going to bother naming them, but like Josh Allen and when did Herbert get picked? He was like six or something. Or you can't call Oregon a small school, though. No, 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 no. I, I, what I'm saying is, like, they're the only two of the top 10 that were picked in the top 10. Mahomes was an 11. Watson was an 11. Rodgers was 26. Wilson was in the third round. Brady was in the sixth round. How about fucking Tom Brady? That fucking guy. What do you make of all this stuff we're hearing about? Like, I, that Aryan situation doesn't make sense to me. Something's going on. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know enough to, to have any guess. Bruce wasn't a really good coach. He wasn't a good coach until Tom showed up. Hey, he was okay. He let, uh, he he got he took over. What was it? He he was he filled in for the um, the Colts when Pagano had uh, had to step away because of health issues. Yeah, and the Colts made made a playoff run that year. The Cardinals were good for the first couple of years he was there. I think he. I mean, he's he's decent. I don't. I, I'm not claiming he's all world. Like he's not Andy Reid, but he's decent. Right. But some, but just the timing of everything. Like, what coach waits till a month before the draft to announce he's stepping stepping down? Like, that's something you decide week two of the offseason, isn't it? Should be, right? But then there's also been a lot of shit about the 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 Rooney Rule, Flores. Okay, and who they put in there? You know, I mean. Maybe they just took one for the team for from an NFL owner's perspective. Yeah. There's probably more to it with Arians being and, and Tom not being on the same page, but you know. Like I, I maybe it had something to do with Antonio Brown. Maybe he said some dumb, you know, you know what I mean? Like Tom and Antonio were kind of tight. Yeah. You know, and that whole thing was just weird. You know, if you listen to Brown's side of it, he said he was hurt. And and Arians basically said, get, get back in the fucking game. You know, I don't care if you're hurt. Right. Basically, you know, basically what he said. And, like, you can't do that in today's NFL. Right? right? The Jack Lamberts of the world don't exist. Right? Dudes aren't playing with broken ankles. <laughs> or, uh, or hungover. And, well, probably hungover. But yeah. they're not smoking cigarettes at halftime. Yeah, that's actual. They're sleeping in their hyperbolic chambers or whatever it is. One of my favorite photos of Len Dawson during a Super Bowl halftime, drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. One of the greatest photos of all time. 
Well, Lisa likes to talk about um, the Nitschke. Someone, I forget who, but it was like Super Bowl one. The guy didn't think he was going to play. So I guess he went out drinking the night before, showed up to the game off of like three hours of sleep and hung over. And they're like, whoever he was backing up, like was injured or something happened to him. So he ended up, he ended up playing the whole game. And that, that's like her favorite story to talk about. Yeah. Stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to your thing, Aaron Rodgers, this is, this is by rank by QBR last season. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Number one quarterback in the league, 24th pick in the draft. He yep. slid quite a ways. Yeah. And if Green Bay didn't draft him, he was probably slipping into the, the second, second round. round. Yeah. Tom Brady, sixth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, where'd he go? I want to say number six overall, maybe. Yeah, he was kind of up there. Yeah. Stafford, he was like a number one pick, wasn't he? He was a number one, yeah. Mahomes, number 11. Josh Allen, also in the 20s, right? No, he was seventh overall. Okay. Pretty sure he was seventh. Really? Yeah. He was, right. the third, he was the third quarter. He was behind Mayfield and uh, Darnold. Yeah. In that draft. Kyler Murray, first pick. First pick. Ryan Tannehill. He was, a, if he was even in the first round, he was like, I want to say in the teens at least. Uh, drafted by the Titans. No, he was drafted. Oh no, he was. Yeah, he was drafted by the Dolphins. So where was where was he drafted? Oh, he was drafted eighth overall. I didn't realize. Really? Yeah, that's weird because he was. Uh, he was a receiver in college. Like he played receiver. And then he got converted to quarterback because Texas A&M didn't have a quarterback. I didn't realize he got drafted that high. Okay. Carson Wentz, number nine quarterback in the league last year. Number nine by QBR. He must have slept with someone. He must have slept with the owner's wife or something. What the fuck? it's, It's a little scary that he's in Washington. He's back in the NFC East. I'm just saying. Cause I, I can't figure because like you don't hear about him, right? Like it's not like you hear about him. Like it's not like he's right, you know, and you don't hear about him getting into off the field issues. Like the only thing I ever heard was like when he was in Philadelphia, there was the thing where Kelsey or not um who's the tight end? Ertz. Ertz really liked him, but then like the receiver guy didn't. I don't know. Jeffries didn't like him. Yeah. At all. Maybe he's maybe he's a little racist. Throwing it out there. Could be. I mean, he's from North Dakota. That, that There I go stereotyping. Anyway, I've been to North Dakota. <laughs> I've been through North Dakota. That's about it. So, uh, Wyoming's worse. Montana's actually worse. Montana was my worst experience. Right? Because I had long hair. Like, I mean, long hair. And uh, it was a blizzard. I think I was on 84 and uh, like, I just stopped at a rest stop. I stopped at a truck stop. Like I was like, my windshield wipers were not working fast enough. And uh, I go into this, this truck stop. And like, it was one of those scenes from a movie where like everything just stops record scratches. Everything comes to a dead silence. Right. And, and I was like, Oh, I would sit down at the counter and, uh, 
lady comes up, she's like, can I help you? Right. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Right. Like, yeah, you can help me. I was like, can I get a soup and a coffee? Right. So I'm having soup and a coffee. Soup's done. She puts the check down in front of me. Right. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving yet. I might get something else. She's like, well, you know, we don't really take kindly to long hairs in this part. I was like, well, there's a blizzard outside, so we're just going to have to learn to get along right now because I'm not going back out driving. <laughs> like, right, that's, just, right. that's not happening. You know, but it was just, it was an eerie situation. And then a couple other truckers came in and Mike decided it was time to leave. Right. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not staying here anymore. Right. Right. Um, but anyway, so Carson Wentz being from North Dakota, something's, something's not jiving because he's the number nine quarterback in the league. But he was the number two pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, top t- to round out the top ten. Third round. He was third a third round. round. Third round. I mean, let's okay. let's go to eleven. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, fourth or fifth. Yeah. So he's number eleven. Joe Burrow. I mean, even if we just look at starting QBs, right? Like, like Garoppolo wasn't a first round. He was a third rounder, I think. Yep. Derek Carr. Where was he drafted? I think he was in the first round. Kirk Cousins. He was like a third or a fourth rounder. Mac Jones was a first round pick, but late. Tua was a first round pick. Hertz shouldn't have been, but no, Hertz was a second round pick. So he wasn't even first round. Yeah, he was a second rounder. Joe Jacoby Brissett. I couldn't even tell you when he was drafted. Not a first rounder. No, yeah, I'll bet money. Yeah. So out of your top 20, right? It's about a 50-50 split. Yeah. Well, what if we if we if we go what I with what I was saying is outside of the top 10 picks, it's even it's probably like what 70-30? Like late round, late first round pick. That that'd be a good statistic. If we take a quarterback late first round, what does their careers look like? Probably better than a top 10 pick. Yeah, well, and I'd argue because they're going if they're if they're getting drafted later in the first, they're going to a better team. Yeah, I'm still blown away that Carson Wentz was number nine quarterback overall last year. He was a top ten quarterback in Indy, and they just traded him for peanuts. Peanuts. They they gave up a they gave up what a uh, well event it turned into a first and you get a third round or two for him or something like that. He he must do something. Yeah, he he rubs people the wrong way for some because it's just weird because you don't hear anything about it. I don't know. Maybe he's just one of those like quiet guys that just doesn't like put himself out there, and that's people expect certain things of him because he's a former first round pick quarterback and blah blah blah. Like that's all I can think of. More Wentz personality issues led to latest trade. That's the headline. Does it say what kind of personality issues? I'm, I'm, I'm reading it. Abrasive personality and lack of leadership skills were treated with skepticism in Philly. Multiple sources close to Colts' information seem familiar. Truth told, some inside were finished with the Carson Wentz experience long before the team's late season collapse. Before the season began, over the course of the year, lack of leadership, resistance to hard coaching, and a reckless style of play. Uh, I think Colin Coward had a thing where he was talking about like someone like Wentz, he's just so naturally talented that he doesn't 
you know, he's more prone to not accept criticism and, and stuff like that because he thinks he can just do it. Especially if you're the number two overall pick and you're the money guy. Yeah. Sure enough. For our uh, for our German folks and everyone else around the world, it's been a pleasure. Tell your friends. This is where you get uh, superior insight on how to run an NFL team, especially heading into the draft. And with that, fuck your team. And our podcast is out. Catch you later, brother. Later. Do you ever disagree with what's said on this podcast? Well, come join us on the Facebook page that started it all. Football Trash Talk for Real Fans. You can let Loy know how much the Eagles suck. Tell Atticus how delusional he is about all New York sports. Remind Chris that the Browns are one of four teams to never reach the Super Bowl. Or even talk about the hottest slot receiver of all time, Randall Cobb. Whatever you do, just don't be a fan of the NFC East. We have enough of that crap already. Come check us out. There's always more room at the barbecue. Anyway, this has been the Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast. It's been a pleasure, and as always, FOT. Stay safe out there.